Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. All right, well, welcome along, everybody. And I'm joined here by Shanna Mo, who's going to help me introduce this podcast. Hi, Shanna. Hi, Stephen. It's great to have you helping me to introduce this. And the reason I've asked you is, number one, you were on the podcast about a year ago. Yep. And also, number two, the person that we're introducing is Ewen Wong, who you know. Yeah, I do. And how did you get to meet her? Um, well, we both did our TEDx youth talk, so that was really cool. So we made friends there. Yeah. And we're going to enjoy this conversation with Ewen Wong because she started something and she's 16 years old, so just a little bit older than you. Yeah. And she started something that she's going to tell us about on this podcast. Um, would you like to hear an excerpt from the interview? Oh, yeah. Yes, please. All right. Here we go. I think the future will be an interesting place, but it depends. It really depends on how we act now that will shape what the future is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of like to paint a picture of what world we are in now and what world, what the world could gradually become. Yes. So it's not really telling people that what they should do is what they're doing is wrong or what they should do. It's just showing them what the world could be and maybe inspiring them to make a little change. Mm-hmm. So Shanna, you've already had a chance to meet Ewen Wong and hear the interview. What really stuck out for you? Well, I think it was really am- it's really amazing how Ewen is trying to take care of the environment and clean up our beaches. Yeah, that was really cool. Well, I know everyone listening is going to enjoy this podcast episode. And if they do, they might want to check out some of the earlier ones as well. Like mine. Yeah, so Shanna's one, I think you were number six or number seven. So it was recorded more than a year ago. Yeah. And we talked about what it was like to turn 10. 10. So we really need to do a follow-up episode, don't we? Mm, we do. Because you're now 11. <laughs> yep. So, Shanna, if people enjoyed this episode, then what else could they do? Well, they could subscribe and they could also leave a rating because that gets out the podcast and then more people will see it. Oh, that's good advice. I like that. <laughs> Thank you, Shanna. <laughs> well, I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy this episode, so we're going to get right into it. So it's a pleasure to welcome Ewen Wong, who's the founder of PSR Beaches. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Um, it's really great to have you on the show. And um, I think you're the second youngest person that I've interviewed. After <laughs> <laughs> Shanna. Yeah, that's right. So I interviewed my daughter when she just turned 10 years old about what it was like uh, to be 10. Um, that was more than a year ago. And then you got to know my daughter as well because you were doing something together, weren't you? Yeah. Um, TEDx Youth at Avon River. Yeah. And so your talk was just before Shanna's talk. Yeah. And so that was really cool. And um, we connected there. And yeah, I'd love to hear about what you're doing and about your life. And being 16 years old, you know, um, how you've started this and and why it is that you, you want to... Um, have an organization that looks at our, after our beaches. So, um, so that's what we're going to talk about on the show. Um, but if we could start, I'd love to find out a bit more about your own history. Um, so can you just tell us a little bit about where you're from? 
Yeah, so I was born in Malaysia, in Kuala Lumpur, where I lived with my grandparents for about a year. And then I, like the rest of our family, came to Christchurch and we've settled there ever since. So yeah, I've got like an older brother who's about to go to university in Auckland. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So what was it that brought your parents to New Zealand? Um, They like to put it as they had itchy feet. Mm -hmm. So they just wanted to try something new and have a bit of an adventure because they saw it in like a newspaper or something. Oh, really? (laughs) And they were just like, oh, why don't we just apply to go somewhere else? And it was either going to be Canada or New Zealand. And it ended up being New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Did they keep the... um the article that they'd read i wonder (laughs) um i don't think so but it would be cool if they did yeah you could frame it like that's the origin (laughs) yeah this is where i'm really from yeah so um i guess you you said you were one year old when you moved here yeah so so where where is home for you you know knowing that your parents were from malaysia that that's where they were rooted and grew up but you kind of grew up here so yeah so how did yeah what's that been like for you Um, I really think that home is Christchurch for me because being one, I really don't remember very much. And even though we go back to Malaysia for holidays, it's not really my home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more like my parents' home. And I'm just like a visitor. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I'm visiting there, not really there. Yeah. And your grandparents are still back there? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they're still in Malaysia. Yeah. Actually, all of our family, apart from, like, the four of us, my direct family, are living in Malaysia or Singapore or at least eight hours away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what was that like growing up um, in New Zealand? Um, it was really cool because when I go back to see my my cousins in Malaysia... They're all very, they're like studying 24-7. Okay. And they're doing, I guess they don't get the opportunities to do the stuff that we get to do in New Zealand because it's really strict, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I, if I would never have done PSR beaches or any of that environmental stuff, I doubt, if I was in Malaysia. Yeah. Oh, that's good. What is it that you think is different? Why is it different culturally or, you know? Yeah, it's a lot about the culture. I think that it's more like a rounded view and perspective on the world. So like the experiences that you have influence the person that you become. Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit about, um, actually tell me a bit more about your parents. Like they came, they had itchy feet. Why did they stay in New Zealand, do you think? Um. I don't know. So once they sort of came to New Zealand, they just went, okay, this is all right. <laughs> We're just going to stay here and see how it's like. And so they just sort of got a job and just stayed here. Yeah. What do you think they liked about New Zealand? I think that they just liked that different perspective, that it was something so radically different to Malaysia and the experiences that come with a different environment sort of make you a different person as well. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's good. And why, why do you think that they were sort of adventurous and wanted to have the itchy feet? Was it something in their own childhoods that had caused that? Or? Um, it might be because they were, they're from quite big families. So like at least three, at least three siblings and three to five. <laughs> so um, I guess they got to see their older siblings doing the same things and probably wanted a bit of a, a change or an adventure. Yeah, that's great. So tell me a little bit about your life um, at early stage, you know, here in Christchurch. Like, what sort of things did you enjoy? Um, so I started school at Fendleton um, when I was five, obviously. And I've always enjoyed reading, writing, especially poetry which was a bit weird for someone that was like six years old. But yeah, and I also enjoy running cross country and road race and solving problems. I love future problem solving. Right. Yeah. That's great. What is it that you love about poetry? Um, something I like about poetry is that it's, in my opinion, a lot about connectedness. It's not just through like metaphors and similes, but also the whole topics themselves. It's amazing, isn't it? How I've always thought this, how a book can be like 200 pages on a topic and a poem will be one page. Mm. But actually you can sometimes say more in one page of writing using yeah. pictures than you can reading a book that's 200 pages. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and also like the poems... The topics are like endless and they can have different meanings for different people. Mm. So usually I remember at primary, uh, intermediate school, my teacher would ask me, what does that mean? What, what did that mean? And I'm like, well, I would never tell them because I think that part of the beauty about it is um, you sort of finding your own thing within it. Your own interpretation of yeah. it. Yeah. So did you start writing poetry as well quite early on? Or? Yeah. So I have always been writing poetry since I was like four. But um, through this thing called Poetry Box, which is run by Paula Green, I really got interested in poetry. So I'm still in contact with her. Mm. After I graduated Poetry Box in year eight. Right. But yeah, she was really, really helpful for me. Oh, so how does that work? Um, so Paula sets challenges, like poetry challenges, every so often. And then so um, I'd write to her with my little poem on that challenge and then she'd give me feedback and then she'd publish them, some of them on her website. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's really encouraging, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So would the challenge be like you've got to have this rhyming structure or something or here's a topic and write about that or um there's all sorts of challenges she's really creative so one of the challenges that i remember was you create your own poetry form so you could create a rhyming scheme or a topic or anything and then another another um challenge she had was you have to write something about the moon and so yeah it gets you to explore different avenues of poetry because it is such a vast, vast topic. Yeah. 
so that was something you've sort of enjoyed since a very young age it sounds like yeah definitely yeah <laughs> um what else have you enjoyed you know in your young younger years because see most of my podcast guests are in their 40s or 50s or whatever <laughs> so yeah. we end up talking quite a lot about their whole life whereas you at age 16 you know for you I guess you know 10 years ago you were six years old <laughs> so um yeah what what do you remember I guess about those early years um I really remember just being fascinated by by new things like technology mm-hmm. and because at that time um, technology was still sort of emerging and we'd have laptops and things I remember primary school when we had laptops it was like whoa and like the old IMAX the big white IMAX okay. mm-hmm. and like to see how it's changed even in my lifetime which is quite short has been pretty cool I think yeah yeah that's great I'm so old now. <laughs> I remember, because I remember when I got my first email address, like I, I predate the email, emails, you know, this is in the, like the mid 1990s or something. Um, so it just shows you how quickly things do change, you know, yeah. like on, on the table as we're talking, I've got my iPhone here, <laughs> which is probably more powerful as a computer than anything that existed when I was a kid, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing. And it's quite cool how technology, which is one of my passions, it can change so rapidly, like exponentially. So something I used to love when I was really little was Sudokus. Uh-huh. So yeah. I would do like lots of puzzles and stuff when I was bored. And so a couple of years after I started doing it, there was online Sudokus. <laughs> You're never going to run out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I was finished the book. And I found this thing. I was like, yeah, it's, it's endless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> endless combinations. Yeah. <laughs> and just because we're going to talk about beaches, was mm. that, you know, the coast and the ocean, was that something early on that you've, you've loved or how did that develop? Yeah, I've always loved the environment because it's nature. It's, there's actually this thing called the overview effect which is um, when you view the earth from space, you change, you totally change your perspective on the world. And I think that after I sort of heard about that when I was little, it's like the earth is so beautiful. Mm. <laughs> and so we should probably try to protect it. Yeah, yeah I think it's pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that realization, did that come from being outdoors as well? Like you, you enjoyed you know, walking or going out? Yeah, as I said, I enjoy cross-country and road race. So that allowed me to do a lot of running and adventuring in Mm. the outdoors. I quite like biking as well. So like seeing, being at one with nature, I know that sounds really tacky, but that's that's really where everything stemmed from. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet you've also, you've said you've got the love of technology as well. Yeah. So it's kind of both, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So maybe you can tell us, well, let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now. Because most of the people who are listening, you know, finished high school like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So what's it like to be 16? You said you just finished your last exam, right? Yeah. So you're year 11? Yeah. So just finished my 
first lot of NCA exams. Yeah. Um, what's it like to be 16? Well, hmm, how do I answer that? <laughs> um, well, I just mean because most of us, like the people listening, most of us are adults, you know, like yeah. we were 16, but now we're not. <laughs> and we kind of forget, you know, what what's it like as a 16-year-old looking out and thinking about the future? And um, yeah, I guess any thoughts? Yeah, so I think it's quite interesting because I'm only 16 and I hopefully got a few more years on the planet that um, with everything changes so quickly so as I was saying with exponential technology it's really cool to see as like you grow up different things emerging and different trends arising yeah there's lots of I think that being really young is quite cool because you see so many opportunities that maybe my parents or my grandparents wouldn't see because they think oh probably can't do that anymore so you look at the world with different eyes yeah do you think that's a generational thing as well or like do you think your generation is has more open eyes or or is it just individuals in every generation that that look at the world in a different way i think um in general it's a generational thing and even within a generation i think Someone like Shanna, who's mm-hmm. 11, would view the world differently to how I am just five years older when I'm 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I think the, being in high school and primary school, that age is really where you can be really, really creative and no one will judge you because you've got that excuse that I'm only 16. Yeah. So I can imagine <laughs> whatever world that I want to. You can try different things and, yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. Well, the thing I like, even from our conversation so far, is the attitude that comes through, which is you're trying different things. And I, I just thinking from my own kids, you know, to have that sort of attitude is so good to, to encourage it rather than just getting caught up in playing video games or, yeah. you know, doing things which aren't as productive, I guess. Why do you think, um, do you think your parents have had an influence on you and how you've developed in that way? Or Yeah, I think my parents, they, they like, like structure, but they also like that you try new things when you get them and take all the opportunities that you're given. And I guess taking that, that leap to, to live in New Zealand was sort of, their way of saying because you've come this far you may as well try everything and who knows you might really like it and find a passion there so they've been pretty encouraging it sounds like yeah what else would you say it's like for not just you necessarily but your friends and things like what are you guys talking about and um so it's a lot about school which isn't always a good thing because sometimes it seems that school is everything. Right. But yeah. So that's your world right now. Yeah, that's the it's just context. School, 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 exams, exams. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I like to talk to my friends about other things like the future and like how, how where they 
see themselves in a few years. Yeah. So what do you think the future, what will the future look like? (laughs) Yeah. So I guess through this thing that I've been doing for quite some time called future problem solving, I've managed to get quite an interesting view on a range of topics. So this year we went to the US and the topic was criminal justice systems. And then when we came back, the nationals was cloud storage. So there are so many different topics and what happens in future problem solving is that you get a topic, um, a scenario that's set 20, 30 years in the future and they sort of, this it's so you've solved the challenges that, that are set in that scenario. So things like um, different technologies and different psychological barriers, that sort of stuff, all arise. I think the future will be an interesting place, but it depends. It really depends on how we act now that will shape what the future is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So the future problem solvers um, is that it, what? Tell me more about that. I don't know much about that. Yeah, so at Fendleton School, where I was for my first six years of schooling, um, in year five, I joined, I um, signed up for a future problem solving group. And so I didn't really know what it was very much at the time. My brother had been doing it, but I just tried new things. And yeah, so... um, what basically happens is that you're given a scenario, a one or two page scenario, and that has hidden in it lots of different challenges. And so for the criminal justice topic, it was um, set in Georgetown and they had lots of um, different issues, particularly the relationship between the police and the community. And then so, we have to, as an individual, identify eight challenges from that, find an underlying problem, then solve that eight different ways from eight different perspectives, develop mm. a criteria, then an action plan. Yeah. So they're really encouraging you to think of different um, viewpoints on yeah. the problem, aren't they? Yeah, so the different perspectives. Different perspectives, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and categories which you could classify things under. Yeah, and is that... Um, yeah, has that changed your way of thinking then? Definitely. Yeah. I think for any sort of young person, the future problem solving program is so valuable because even, especially now, when I'm taking subjects like geography, history, um, sciences and maths, the process and the way of thinking that the future problem solving program gives you it's just, it's really empowering. It makes things so much easier because you're not being taught just facts or knowledge, but you're talk, you're being taught not how to think, not what to think, but how to think. Right. Yeah. Which ultimately is what education should be, right? Exactly, <laughs> yes. And in the past paradigm, people have been like memorizing figures and dates and stuff. Yeah but actually maybe not learning how to think about that information. Yeah. So it's a different way of approaching, isn't it? Mm. Well, what we'll do in the show notes is we can put links to different things that we talk about. So let's put a link to future problem solver- solving. Yeah. And um, 
if people want to know more, they can click on it and find yeah. out. <laughs> so I'd love to turn and talk a little bit about um, PSR Beaches. So what was the origin of that? And, you know, take us through the timeline of when that became more than just an idea. Yes. So um, in early year nine, I um, started writing some poetry that was inspired by plastic pollution. So um, I wrote an anthology um, of plastic pollution poetry with little hidden messages inside there trying to get people to realize how big the problem is. Right. And so I won a, I won a prize for that, which I put towards founding PSR Beaches in 2016. Mm-hmm. It's the end of 2016. So I, this is an idea that I had for a while because I like to read books about the ocean and the weather and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. So when you were year nine, you were, how old was that, 14 or? Um, 13. 13. 12, 13. And you're writing, 12, 13, you're writing poetry about plastic pollution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an unusual topic. Yeah. So I didn't really know much about it Yeah. until I was in year six. That was my first future problem-solving national finals. The topic was ocean soup. Uh. So... I thought the name was quite cool, right. <laughs> but it was about the plastic in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. I see. And we saw photos and watched videos in preparation for the topic, and it was just so shocking that I wanted more people to know how a small decision that we make can have such ripple effects. Yeah. And so how did you build in those messages into your poetry? Um, you said there were little hidden things in yeah. there. So... Something that I like to do with poetry is that sometimes in poems you can get too caught up in just trying to advocacy poetry, drilling messages into them. Right. So I just sort of like to paint a picture of what world we are in now and what what the world could gradually become. Yes. So it's not really telling people that what they should do is what they're doing is wrong or what they should do. It's just showing them what the world could be and maybe inspiring them to make a little change Mm -hmm. oh that's great (laughs) yeah it's really good well i want to keep talking about psr beaches but in your tedx talk i think you had a poem right yeah Uh, was that at the end you kind of um at the beginning and the end the beginning and the end were they was that a poem that was connected or were they two separate poems um it was connected it's taken from a climate change poetry poem that I've been writing recently it's called six degrees because research has been shown that in six degrees our world could be so messed up right (laughs) so um so I put the first degree at the start of my TEDx speech and then the last degree the sixth degree the end of the TEDx talk to sort of bring it together yeah Yeah. oh that's good it was great um is that something that you could recite for us now or I can try, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, So the beginning was, one degree, waves ebb and flow, oscillating in absent patterns, blaring the sounds of silent alarms. Factory fumes tease the waters like a barista concocts latte art the product, a burdened atmosphere wrapped in a cover page aesthetic. 
6 degrees. On the exposed coast, footprints are littered with CO2, wrapped in a thick foam and salty tears. Waves brush against our feet, lapping at our ankles, but we are still watching as nature's artists paint our beaches. Tracks of convenience, designed with a greenhouse palette, marbled across a changing canvas. Mm, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and so this, this poetry, the anthology that you put together, um, that was really, then you got some prize money or something, yeah. and that's what went to PSR Beaches? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about PSR Beaches. What, what exactly is it, and how does it work, and what are you hoping to achieve with it? Yeah, so PSR Beaches is an organization that I founded in 2016, and it's all about mitigating the impacts and effects of plastic pollution through things like technology. So I'm developing a drone to detect microplastics and also beach cleanups. We do beach cleanups at local beaches like New Brighton and interviews with sustainability groups and um, different people that are doing good things for the environment. Mm, that's great. So the focus is all about the beaches, keeping them clean, keeping yeah. the ocean less polluted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the beaches and the oceans. Yeah. And what has been the reaction to it so far? It's been really good, actually. Um, people have come right on board with it. So we've got now got members from Thailand and the US and Germany, Portugal, so places like that. So it's been really interesting seeing how people could find out about it so quickly because I just get an email from like the site Hi, I heard about this, right? And I'd love to hear more and see how we can help you. Sort of yeah, thing. and by the way, I'm in Portugal. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Is that yeah, right? yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So it's becoming a global movement, right? Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that you might have an event coming up next year. What's that about? Yeah. So on the 12th to 13th of April, um, I'm heading up with a team um, a conference called Envirapast where PAST stands for Plastic and Sustainability Talks. So we're going to have local and national people all around New Zealand coming together to sort of build awareness on plastic pollution and learn new things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've got the founder of... Uh, the director of Algalita South Pacific and Ian Shaw, who's really cool, talks about the chemistry of plastics and yeah different lots of different speakers that we're <laughs> really thrilled to have oh that's great yeah well at the time we're recording this they've sort of recently banned lots of plastic bags haven't yeah. they in the grocery stores and things so that's quite an encouraging sign i guess yeah it's, it's definitely an encouraging sign but i really hope that the supermarkets are doing it for the right reason right you know, it could easily become just a pr stunt or something like that but hopefully that builds awareness and people just don't stop and say hey I've already given up plastic bags I don't want to give up plastic bottles or plastic straws that sort of thing mm. so really ho I hope it acts as a catalyst for other things changing as well mm. well ultimately that's where the consumer has to be challenged don't they yeah. to think about what they're buying mm. the reality is if you walk through a grocery store 
there's an awful lot of products in tiny packages <laughs> that are using an, a lot of plastic. Yeah. Um, I lived in Japan for five years, and over there in particular, they'll individually wrap items of fruit. You know, like I can send you <laughs> an email. It's, it's like a strawberry, you know, with plastic around it and then a case. And I'll find it on the phone after and show you because it's quite... It's, it's funny, but it's <laughs> in a bad way, you know. <laughs> but um, the, the point is reducing plastic use, reducing consumption of, of these things, which ultimately are not, you know, going to landfill and not great for our environment. So, yeah. So um, your plans for the future for PSR beaches, what, what sort of things have you got in mind? Um, so really want to challenge the status quo try new things as I like to do mm-hmm. and um, I really hope to incorporate my passion for technology with the community and um, helping them to not only um, raise awareness about plastic pollution but really act on it yeah so I just found out about something that Fulton Hogan is doing they're recycling like the oil containers that they have that can't be recycled and because of the oil layer and the oil residue on them. So they're grinding them up and they pave them as the asphalt in Christchurch Airport's fire station. Ah. So I'm sort of hoping that one day, maybe when I'm a bit older, I could be able to do a project with with asphalt, maybe cycleways. Yeah. What do you think you'd like to study or where do you see yourself in, in a, you know, in five years from now when you're 21? <laughs> what, what would you like to be doing, do you think? Um, definitely something to do with the environment or nature. Mm-hmm. Though I know that it will probably change in one year, <laughs> even half a year. Yeah. But for now, it's either meteorology, so weather, or... Um, environmental law, environmental science. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, it's amazing when you think that you were writing poetry about the plastics when you were 12 or 13, and now you're 16. Like, it's it's been a big part of your life for quite a while, hasn't it? Yeah. So I can, I can kind of foresee that it will stay there. Uh, that's my prediction. But what we'll do is, you know, in five years, say, if, assuming I'm still doing the <laughs> podcast, let's have you back on and we'll see what happened next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of what would be your challenge to people who are listening, who are going, oh, that's kind of nice. It's good that she's doing that, but it doesn't really impact my life. Like, what, what do you think that we as individuals can do to maybe change to, because you mentioned the future is kind of what we make it. Yeah. What would be your encouragement to people thinking from an environmental sustainability point of view? Yeah, so unlike my journey, I've had a lot of people that are like really skeptics of of um the environment and protecting it so what i say to them is take the time to explore the environment and see how beautiful it is and sometimes when you're on those adventures like on at the beach just open your eyes and you'll see there's so much litter and plastic around and so when you take that one straw or when you drop that one piece of wrapper that's going to end up somewhere and it could be in a marine animal's stomach or just drifting on the other side of the world 
like little things that you do can have a very big impact. That's great. Yeah, the um, Shanna, her talk um, on the podcast. If you go back and listen to it, I asked her that question: is how can we make the environment better? And I think she said something like, "If everybody picked up one piece of rubbish, yeah. it would have a huge impact." Yeah. Which I thought was actually it's it's such a simple idea, but it's actually true, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like it, think of how many millions of people there are if we all cared a little bit more. Mm. And I love it when we're at beach cleanups and there's only 20 or so people there, but you see the amount of plastic that's that's covered in that time is just phenomenal. Yeah. So it's good that that's not going into places that we don't want it to go to. Yeah. But also sad seeing that that's six kilometer stretch of beach. That's what you can find. Right, yeah. And what, what would be your message from your generation to, say, my generation? Um, it doesn't have to be a nice message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people like to say that it's your generation that sort of screwed things up. But I don't really think that's the case because really there was no awareness given to the older generation that what they were doing like producing so much plastic was a bad thing so as it's long just as just convenient right? yeah, yeah yeah as long as we sort of take action now and we all do it intergenerationally yep. <laughs> then hopefully we can do something together because if only one generation does the right thing or only half of a generation does the right thing then that's not going to have the impact that it really needs to have yeah no i like your answer we're all in it together right yeah. <laughs> high school musical yeah exactly we're all um yeah it's one planet and we're all here so there's not much point in blaming yeah yeah we've got to shift the blame like we can't get caught up in the blame otherwise we're going to spend our lives trying to find out who made the mis- massive mistake in the first place and whose fault it is and by the time we do that, the yeah. Who had be the gone. idea to switch to plastic <laughs> bags, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, well, what we'll do is we'll put a link to PSR Beaches as well in the show notes, so if people are interested, they can find out. Do you mainly operate a website or a Facebook page, or yeah. what do you do? So, main channel is the website and the Instagram page. Okay. We've also got a Facebook page, but we don't use it that much. Mm. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, if people want to know more, then they'll be able to (laughs) click through and find. Yeah. And just thinking back to when we first met, which was, I heard you doing a practice of your TEDx talk, because Shanna then practiced right after you, (laughs) (laughs) which was great. It was fun to see you both um, up on, on stage and practicing. What was that experience like for you? What was your perception of it? It was so cool that you were able to share your ideas. I guess at the time I was pretty nervous, really nervous. But um, I think just getting my idea, which was project-based learning out there, yeah. was 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 pretty cool, actually. It's not every day you can say, I did a TEDx talk <laughs> this year. And I was 16 or 11. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's a very small, small minority <laughs> that yeah. have done 
had done what you guys did, which is really fantastic. I mean, I thought it was an amazing opportunity for young people to get up in front of a couple hundred people and, and do this talk. And I know you'd worked with Robert as well, right? Yeah. Um, so Robert was the speaker coach mm. for the TEDx youth. So good. And he did an amazing job, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he's very encouraging mm. and um, just with great ideas of shape this, move here, yeah. those sorts of things, right? I think something cool about TEDx youth at Avon River was not only the ideas, but also getting to meet some really cool people. So like you and Shanna yeah. and also the team, like I'd already known Hannah and Anzac, but also meeting Robert and going through the journey together with these people was, was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I said to them at the end of it, they should have like a reunion dinner or something. Yeah. <laughs> Get every Because it was a very intense day, wasn't it? Like there was a lot going on and there's a bit of pressure and it's yeah. your time. So you go, go for it. <laughs> um, so it'd be nice to catch up with people again. Definitely. Yeah. So looking back, it's a, a positive experience, sounds like. 100%. Yeah, that's great. Well, again, what we'll do is in the show notes, we'll put a link <laughs> to that talk because it's now up on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Ewan, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking time out and coming and talking with me on a Friday afternoon. My pleasure. Um, and um, yeah, I hope you have a great summer. You've finished your final exam now, so yes. you got that to look forward to and yeah. <laughs> planning your conference and things. And, and if people want to reach out to you, we'll put in some, some links. And um, yeah, all the best. And we'll have to have you on again in a couple of <laughs> years and see how it's all progressed and yeah. what you're doing. Um, but thank you for joining the show. Thank you. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that episode, hearing about Ewen Wong and what she's doing. Um, Shanna, did you enjoy it? I certainly did. Well, it's great now that there's been two really young people on the podcast because she was only 16. Mm, yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening in on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And as Shanna said, you can subscribe, leave a rating or review, and also check out the Facebook page, the Twitter account, the Instagram feed. There's lots of ways to connect with Seeds Podcast. Until next time. Very good. <laughs>